When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. New Zealand lay down another imposing marker, beating Netherlands by 99 runs in Hyderabad. It wasn't a vintage game, in truth. They won't be doing mid-game throwbacks to this one in 20 years' time. New Zealand's top order all got starts, really. The find of the tournament so far in Ratchin Ravindra hit a runnable 51 to go with his unbeaten 100 against England. Will Young hit 70. Mitchell and Latham got quick runs in the engine room before Santner whacked 36 off 17 at the death. And in the chase, Netherlands were never really in it as New Zealand's very professional attack kept the target well out of Dutch reach. I'm Yasrana, once more donning my Netherlands bucket hat. And with me today is Jim Wallace. Jim is our in-house New Zealand expert at this tournament. He spent a fair bit of time talking to a couple of their players before the tournament. Jim, another comfortable win for New Zealand. If you're a really pessimistic New Zealand fan, I guess you'd say that it was a shame their middle order didn't get a hit <laughs> against England. Um, they did it here today, which I think just reinforces the view that this is just a very good, well-balanced side. And I thought on what was a pretty slow pitch, Mitchell and Latham were very good at upping the ante in the middle. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a sign of a side doing well when when people start chuntering about the, the, <laughs> the lower to middle order not getting a hit. But I'm sure they will do. It's a long tournament. But yeah, they looked really impressive um, today in, in all departments as they did against England. Um, and yeah, the, as you say, uh, I've never been to New Zealand, but I've spoken to a lot of Kiwis over the past few weeks. So if they're, they're my side. I'm backing them all the way and they've, and they've started really well. Uh, Mitchell is someone who obviously does really well against England um, and he continued his form against European sides today. His straight hitting is amazing. He, he sort of checks check drives, length balls mm-hmm. over the bowlers ever six. And it's a yeah. shot that not very many players play. No. They're not often commentators say when it's a straight six, oh, that was in the slot. Mm. But the balls that he hits for six straight really aren't. They're going on, they're on the up. Yeah. I guess he's got those long levers and, and you know, he's got a fantastic eye. Uh, what he did, he does, he reminds me a little bit of Harry Brook when Harry Brook does mm. that. Um, and Markham did a few I think it was my moment of the match the other day. He did he did one where he sort of hold, holds the pose on that check drive. I mean, it's really impressive. But mm. um, he also hit a really flat, I think it went seven metres high off the ground and uh, all the way off um, Van der Muro, I think it was today. Yeah, he's just, he's an absolute brute. And as you say, he turns it on against uh, uh, European side, <laughs> particularly. <laughs> um, Netherlands were without Logan Van Beek today, but it's still a very handy attack. Van Meekeren, De Lieder, Dutt. Ackerman, Van der Merwe, 320-odd was still a pretty good score. 
Um, and there's a point where New Ze- Netherlands actually did pretty well to slow New Zealand down the last 10. Mark Chapman, Chappers, uh, didn't get going at all at number seven before Sandler picked up the pace at the end, including taking 13 off the last legitimate ball. Uh, an amazing uppercut six off a beamer, then a six off the free hit. We were saying earlier, Jim, Sandler's just such a good player, especially mm. in these conditions. He's like a tall Jadeja. He's a very smart bowler, lots of variations without there being much mystery to, to him. He got his length wrong a little bit in the middle, but ended the day with a fifer. He's a sort of player, I was, I was thinking earlier, he's quite lucky to get a World Cup in India at his peak mm. because in these conditions, there are very few players uh, like him, really. Yeah, he's 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 dangerous and, and sort of he sums up New Zealand, I think, a little bit in that he's flies under the radar and then all of a sudden you're like, he's 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 a really consummate performer. He has been for a while, as you say, he was in the in the white ball stuff over the past few years. And I think it's because he looks so nice and sort of like a little student. Um, I always think he looks like Deirdre Rashid, who I mentioned to you earlier, who uh, any any followers of Coronation Street in the 90s will be well well aware of the Weatherfield one. But um, yeah, and, and he bats as well. As you say, he, he can he can get some lower order runs. Um, yeah, he's he's got all the variations, all the tricks, and I think he's just he seems like a really cool customer as well. One of the one of the people I spoke to in the lead up to the tournament was Jimmy Neesham, and he said that he hadn't seen Santa in a while, and they they got together on the eve of the World Cup in India, and uh, we're, t- we're talking, and and Santa brought up the moment in at the end of the World Cup final four years ago when he when he left or he didn't play at a... He a, ducked the last he ball He ducked the last yeah. ball of the... And Nishim was sort of saying, you know, how how often have you thought about that in the in the years since? And Santa Do was you reckon saying, that's a pointed question? I think probably it was <laughs> doing. That's a lot of the stuff I was talking to Nishim about. But he was saying that Santner, on the flip side to him, who has thought about it a lot, uh, just said, nah, mate, I'm not bothered about that. It's, it happened like six hours before the end of the game. Yeah, and and not... that's... I thought that was indicative maybe of the sort of guy... Is. he just seems mm. to take it all in his stride and yeah he's going through a real purple patch at the minute yeah definitely just looking ahead to New Zealand's next fixtures they've got a couple of games against Afghanistan and Bangladesh at Chennai uh, where Australia played India yesterday and obviously we saw a lot of turn there so we think that Ish Sodi will probably come in for them maybe for Lockie Ferguson and maybe Nisham who Jim just mentioned in for Chapman and if fit Williamson for Young and I guess you know it's interesting comparing this New Zealand side to New Zealand sides of previous tournaments i i think in other tournaments where they've done well i think justifiably on paper they're about the fourth fifth sixth side that manages the tournament well Whereas i do think this time they just do look in the top two sides in terms of management of different conditions and suitability for a world cup in india um what is your moment of the game um my moment of the game again i don't want to hark back too much because i think i feel like that's uh, there's often a lot of harking back to 2019 because England won, but Bolt took a great catch on the boundary um, where he did one of these. You know, he stepped over and they and he and he chucked it up to himself and he caught it and he did it, um, carried it off with a plum, as we might say. But um, I wonder how often he's practiced those since that <laughs> time when he trod on the on the on the sponge at Lords four years ago. And well, that one today was harder than the one. It was, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was watching the replay and it, and he, it looked like a man who'd definitely been practicing it. So maybe. Um, uh, Glenn Phillips or someone's been, been doing, <laughs> doing, doing some fielding practice with him but yeah and, and I mean there was it's hard to pick a moment in a, in a match like that where it, it seemed pretty one-sided all the way through but uh, I guess yeah they, New Zealand my boys they just look they look really comfortable all the <laughs> mm. way um, Do you get a sense that the rest of us think about 2019 on their behalf more than they do? I think so yeah and again that's another thing um, well I spoke to Devon Conway um, a few weeks ago and, and asked him that so Conway came into the side a year or so after that final 
and I asked him what it was like to come into that side where they was that loss and that tournament final loss and the, and the one from 2015 hanging over that that side a little bit and he said not really no I mean for some of the guys that were involved towards the end um, like your guptils and your Nishams and stuff you know obviously that that was a thing for them but as a squad it's something they never even spoke about so I know that for a fact that this time there was no chat about come on let's avenge 2019 and all this sort of thing let's go one step further than the, than the last two tournaments um, which, I, which I think is interesting because I think a lot of sides would use that as as fuel to the fire but again the, the kiwi mentality just seems pretty relaxed they talk he talked a lot about training really hard and then in the match you want to be as relaxed as possible and that's that's something they all try and do they try and give it abs- try and recreate a match in training and then when it comes to the game play it like it's training mm. um sort of just relaxed and, and and try and express yourself is what they what he kept mm. on saying so and him and ravindra uh, have definitely started the tournament like that yeah, it's interesting that in the post-match um, interviews on, on the broadcast, they do seem incredibly chilled. Both Santner and Tom Latham don't really seem like guys who get whose highs are particularly high. They're very level-headed yeah. and that must serve them well in, 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 in tournament cricket. And we were saying earlier about Southie is sort of a de facto sort of sensei figure for them. <laughs> he might not even play, didn't really play in 2019. Mm. He's, he's obviously there. Um, and and Williamson obviously is, is still to come back in, but none of them really. It's hard to name a... A, a Kiwi player that you know is a sort of in your face cricketer. They're they're mm. all they're all um, a bit of a similar breed. And again, Conway said obviously he's he's a South African by by birth, and and he was saying to me that when he came over from South Africa to Victoria uh, Wellington, I think it was, uh, you know, sold his car, uprooted his wife, left all his family behind, and he was saying that as, pretty much as soon as he arrived the atmosphere within within the camp and just new, around New Zealand cricket in general was one that he could really felt like he could prosper in. Um, whereas perhaps in South Africa, the cricket was a much more intense thing and something that people took really seriously. Mm. And that, that sort of, that pressure um, dried him up a bit. Whereas in New Zealand, he, he feels like he's really been allowed to express himself and that suited his game. Well, it's an extraordinary story, right? This is a guy who only made his international debut in November 2020. He's 32 years old and he's a proper all-format titan. We were looking at his numbers yeah. today and just in awe. He averages over 40 in everything. Yeah. He's got nine international hundreds and he's not been an international player for very long. And, you know, Phil loves him. Yeah. And um, it's, all, it's interesting in that so many people rate him so highly, but he's actually not been around international mm. cricket for so long. And I almost wonder, how did it take so long? Obviously... He initially plays cricket in South Africa, mm-hmm. then had to wait a little bit to play for New Zealand. But mm-hmm. almost amazed that someone who mm-hmm. is such a clean striker of ball took so long to rise to the very, very top. Yeah, and he's played for everyone. He's played a lot of club cricket in England, and which he's, he spoke about really fondly, taught him a lot, you know, getting out on a sticky dog in the Lancashire League in, in <laughs> April, you know, and copping a bit of stick. He said it was all part of the journey. Very phlegmatic mm. bloke. Um, I think he was in Somerset second eleven for a while. You, you do think, like, how did he not do something that they would have said yeah. said let's get this guy in but um yeah like a, a, a very very personable the the one i asked him you know because he's he, he was he is really nice i can see why phil really likes him and, and i'm sure um that is what he his true character is like but i asked him what what do the other players give him a bit of stick for and, and apparently he's a bit tight he never gets the coffees <laughs> in or whatever so that's what they that's what they hammer him for uh, conway interesting well that's it for part one in part two we'll talk a little bit more about that game as well as looking ahead to tomorrow's doubleheader. The Runout blog asks, who's going for more in the IPL auction, Baz the leader or Ratchin Ravindra? Um, 
but both players look good again today. Ravindra again sort of come from nowhere. I know people have talked about him for a long time, but I thought today was impressive in a in another way because he didn't actually bowl very well against England. He bowled really well today, mm -hmm. and also with the bat, it was a very different pitch. It was mm -hmm. much much slower. He had a bit more patience, yeah. but actually still managed to strike it, run a ball, and those around him at the time were, were, were struggling to do that. Yeah, and the purity again of of, of his strokes. He just just a classical shot maker, you know, really strong through through the offside with his cover driving. Some of them were absolutely creaming to the fence, and the, and then yeah, flicking flicking the spinners away. And and New Zealand, um, sorry, Netherlands have got a, a, a decent bowling attack, you know. And and he he again, he looked comfortable. He looked really impressive against England. That was that was a really because he's only young, isn't he? How old is he? Twenty mm, three. Yeah, I mean that was like a, a coming of age, not really, wasn't it? And he's he's top of the tournament. I don't know. We were looking earlier. Conway's he's, he's top. ten runs short of uh, Conway. At Conway's top. top Ravindra, yeah. and then they've got um, Henry and the and the near to the top of the bowling as well. Mm. So And Santner obviously after his And Santner got five. Yeah. Deirdre. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of other moments in this game, Jim. Talk us through Cybrand Engelbrecht's contribution and story. Engelbrecht. Engelbrecht Humperdinck. Um, so he is 35, I think he is. And today was his international debut. And today was his international debut, I think seven years maybe after his last first class game. Uh, we were looking at his story earlier, which is which is really impressive until you get to today where he sort of fluffed his lines at the last. So he's a gun fielder. Um, lots of comparisons to John T. Rhodes um, back in the day. He uh, played in the under-19 World Cup final where he took a stonking catch off Virat, to dismiss Virat Kohli at backward point, dismissed the other opener, took a few other, uh, other brilliant catches. If you type in best catches in cricket uh, into Google or YouTube, which I'm sure we've both done on, on Lonely times. Nights, um, he, he, he's in a few of them and they are amazing catches. So he was sort of built up as this fielding specialist. What did he do today? He... He dropped a sitter. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, short, short mid-wicket, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Mitchell on, on 22, relatively straightforward chance. I actually thought he, he batted all right um, towards the end, came in as basically a specialist number seven. Yeah, he's one of those World Dutch. Cup stories. Um, I mean, maybe he will play. I mean, he's, he's, he's surely going to play a few more games. Maybe yeah. he will show off his uh, fielding credentials and pull off an, an almighty backward point um, screamer. But yeah, he, he put it down today, so I felt bad for him. But amazing name and good story. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a name to watch, no doubt. Uh, there was a controversial moment later on in the game where it looked like Ravindra picked up a wicket. He saw Engelbrecht come down, fired in a wide delivery, but TV umpire Joel Wilson overturned the decision to the fury of the commentary, commentary duo uh, of Ian Smith and Wakar Yunus. Smith at one point said the umpires just can't help themselves from interfering, just like in rugby union, um, which shows where his mind is at at the moment with the Rugby World Cup going on. I didn't really think much of it at the time because Latham's glove was just behind the stumps uh, when he collected the ball and the ball nestled in his gloves. Um, and Ben was actually out of the room at this point. But when I explained what happened, uh, so Latham's gloves were in front of the, of the stumps, but then behind when the ball hit his gloves... Ben instantly knew that Wilson was right and the commentators were wrong because law 27.3 on the position of the wicketkeeper states, the wicketkeeper shall remain wholly behind the wicket at the striker's end from the moment the ball comes into play until a ball delivered by the bowler either touches the bat or person of the striker or passes the wicket at the striker's end. In the event of the wicket wicketkeeper 
contravening this law, the strikers and umpire shall call and signal no ball as soon as applicable after the delivery of the ball. So it doesn't matter that Latham's gloves were behind the stumps when he collected the ball. They were at one point in front of the stumps, so therefore it is a no ball. Um, so the commentators got that wrong, which understandable. Not everyone <laughs> is Ben and knows the laws. But I thought it was actually quite poor that having gone so hard mm. in on Wilson, they yeah. then didn't correct it. You'd and no one, there was quite a lot of cricket left after that. And there wasn't yeah. that much happening either because the result <laughs> was, was dead set. You'd um, think that they'd have a cheeky look and just clarify before they went all in. Or or then, you know, some poor runner would have to go up to yeah. them and say, sorry guys, you I got this wrong. I think completely fair enough that they didn't know the law yeah. straight away. But, not fair enough that no one yeah. checked that it was wrong. It's one um, of the few... So the commentators wrong. And actually, it's, it's proving the umpire's right, more impro- importantly. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe they'll come out in the next game and say, sorry. Official apology. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've actually done that in a, in a game. Oh, yeah? And and it, and it was a guy that got 100 and I was so key. I was doing some part-time keeping behind the stumps. <laughs> And you know, not very good at all. But I was so he he ran out. He 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 smashed us all over the place, and he and he ran yeah. out of his crease. And I was so keen to stump him that I basically <laughs> went out into the crease to meet the ball, and then and then oh. took the bales off. Um, two huge games tomorrow: England, Bangladesh is the early kickoff. England's only day game, and then Pakistan take on Sri Lanka. We've talked a lot on the podcast that in England in 2019, England. Uh, won six games and that was enough for, the, for them to get through New Zealand won five and had a wash up that was just enough to get them through on net run rate so you think that England and Sri Lanka who lost their opening games really could do for a win and it's a massive uphill struggle to get through if they lose tomorrow um, Jim on the England game there's been a fair bit of chat around the outfield mm-hmm. Josh Butler said today you are going to have to be a little bit smart as fielders and a little bit careful which isn't something you want to be doing when you're playing for your country you want to dive around and save every single run um, it does seem pretty poor that there's a World Cup game where there are concerns like this around the outfield. I mean, yeah. we saw Bangladesh and Afghanistan play on the same ground earlier in the tournament and Majib had a pretty nasty fall when, yeah. when trying to retrieve the ball around the, the boundary. So that's obviously a concern and it's not great that the players are having to think about it before the game's even started. And I wonder if it will affect their selection. You know, I mean, Stokes is probably not going to play but I wonder if if he was fit um that would have come into it because you know if if anyone is carrying a niggle and maybe a few of them are then you don't really want to be sprawling around on a really sandy outfield and I, I saw those images of all the sand come up and it looked pretty pretty horrible and, and I'd seen a little bit on social media of people like Simon Jones who obviously his knee got caught in the pitch and, and mm. pretty much ruined his career for four or five years and saying you know it's not really good enough that you're expecting players to because you know you 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 would be reticent right after after seeing that's like seeing mm. a car skid in ice or whatever you know you you suddenly become a little bit more and, and maybe it won't come into it at all or maybe it will be I text a few of the press pack who were out in Durham Charlotte today and, and they were saying that they hadn't been allowed near the uh, pitch outfield which is interesting in itself I guess mm. normally they would probably have a little wander around but maybe so a couple of them take sneaky very yeah, very yeah. zoomed in pictures yeah of the yeah outfield. you could see the pixelation which <laughs> makes everything look rubbish anyway like grass just looks like grass when it's that zoomed yeah. in but it looks really sandy and and I guess yeah it's it'll be interesting to see how that one unfolds because mm. Obviously, it's a super scenic ground. It looks lovely. It's got a history there and it's up in the Himalayas and stuff. But if, if the actual facilities aren't great, then mm. you don't really be wanting to play a World Cup you match might in well those have conditions. A, have, have a test match in the Highlands if you yeah. did that. If that's what you care about. Um, as you say, Stokes, very unlikely to play. Uh, Jim, what do you make of that first game of the tournament, that defeat to New Zealand? And, and do you think we'll see 
any personnel changes for England tomorrow? Obviously, hard to change much if Stokes is mm-hmm. out injured. But yeah, overall thoughts mm-hmm. of that, that first game. I think they'll play, maybe Topley might come in. Um, I'm not sure exactly how, how maybe they'll, they're getting the intel on the pitch. But I just thought England, again, fluffed their lines in, in a match that really mattered, the opening match of a World Cup. And almost like they've been rope-a-doped by New Zealand in that, obviously in the white ball stuff over over here at the end of the summer, New Zealand looked off the pace and, and England looked a pretty good outfit. But then when it really mattered... New Zealand up the game and 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 Butler's side maybe looked just looked a bit flat and a bit um a bit off the pace and it'll be interesting to see how that goes throughout the tournament um because you know if you lose another one then they're starting to look into I know they lost three again harking back to 2019 but you start to rely on other people mm. to to mess up big sides to to um, mess up or or maybe the top two sides pull away and it's a bit of a dogfight in the middle so I mean yeah and Bangladesh aren't to be underestimated at all so it's um, it's, it's it'll be really interesting I think there will be nerves around but in, it, as far as selection goes I, don't, I mean I'd play Milan I'd play Brooke I'd, they, they played all these guys right they just mm. didn't um, they, it was a stuttering performance, so maybe um, and 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 you know if it is a bit of a dodgy outfield, and I don't know what the deck is. There any chat about the actual wicket itself? Is it supposed to be a decent wicket? Yeah, so I, a lot of the pre-tournament chat was this: this is a pitch that has got good pace in it, mm. should be hard, um, should in theory be the sort of pitch that actually England would like to play mm-hmm. the Asian sides on. I mm-hmm. think they've got um, a similar wicket lined up for their game against Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, from the first game, it was sort of hard to work out because that was the game where Bangladesh uh, bowled Afghanistan out for 156 and their spinners took wickets. Mahedi took three, Shakib took three. But from memory, it wasn't it wasn't ripping loads. It sort of, it, it was hard to work out how much it, it was, was the Bangladesh bowlers, the Bangladesh spinners versus yeah. the Afghanistan batters getting themselves out. Yeah. Ramit Shah played a, a shot, which, which probably wasn't, the wisest when when Afghanistan had just um, were in a decent ish position. Mm-hmm. So in theory, it's a sort of wicket that should suit England. And in the warm up game between the two sides, um, the extra pace and bounce of England's bowlers caused problems. Okay. So Reese Topley took a three foot. So yeah. I, I'd expect him to come in. Mm-hmm. I was sort of surprised he didn't play the first Me game. Me too. Yeah. Um, but you know, Bangladesh are quite an interesting side in that. Um, they've probably got the best pace attack they've ever had. Mm. They've got Taskin, Shoreful and Mustafiz are all good. Mm-hmm. And also because Mahedi and Shaqib both back in the top five at the moment, they've got two proper bowlers in the top five, which means they can either play an extra specialist bat at seven or an extra bowler, depending on the condition. So yeah. they're, they're a pretty handy side. They had quite a, quite a build-up to the tournament, but... It, it sort of feels like not everything is falling into place at mm-hmm. the same time, but they probably look a little bit stronger on paper now than they did a month or so ago. Yeah, and, and what and so flipping it back on you, what what do you think? So why do you think the reasons of England's poor performance was? Do you think it was just a a, a blip, or do you think it's actually it's indicative of something else? You think they're slightly yeah, over the I, hill, or or I mean, I'd defer to Owen Morgan a lot of it. I think <laughs> not only is he an expert in limited overs cricket, he's an expert in this particular in the side, and he said. Basically, every time Sky have put a microphone in front of his mouth, he's said that England probably didn't go hard enough yeah. with the bat, which I know a lot of England fans watching that were probably saying they were too aggressive at times mm. in terms of how, how they lost some wickets. But mm-hmm. actually, some dismissals look like players are going too aggressive when they're actually not. So, for example, Bairstow, when he chips one to long off, yeah. 
I, modern England players probably say, why didn't he whack that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas that was a check drive. It's like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Similarly, Livingston got out check driving a ball from, from Trent Bolt. So mm-hmm. sort of caught in two minds almost. So there, there's that. I do think, and I think the batting is sort of a blip. I think that just does happen sometimes. He's yeah. in a ball pretty well. I think more worrying was just how um, dominant that Ravindra and Conway were. Yeah. And actually, longer term looking ahead in the tournament, I think they'll probably address the batting. I'm sure they'll be fine over yeah. the course of eight. Yeah, the with the bowling, it was stages. concerning. The, 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 the bowling is a little bit mm-hmm. concerned. Wokes had a poor game. Mm-hmm. Wood had a poor game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curran bowled okay, but mm-hmm. I don't think as a third seamer, I'm not sure. I think he's more of a four seamer who mm-hmm. fills in at the death where he's quite strong. Yeah. He's, I don't think he's as threatening with a new ball as Topley is, and he's yeah. not as good in the middle overs as Topley is. But obviously, I understand that he's a... Uh, it offers more with a bat than than Arise Topley, but equally, England, as Ben said in the podcast of the day in 2019, going back to 2019 again, England have Wokes at seven, Plunkett at eight. Mm-hmm. They just pick their best bowlers. Yeah, and right, right, we back our best bowlers and our best batters to win us the game. They have Plunkett. Not actually, what England did. Yeah, in the first games, so it'll be interesting to see if they redress that balance. Yeah. Um, tomorrow anyway absolutely huge game tomorrow cheers for your time today Jim cheers I'll be back tomorrow with Mark Butcher and Phil Walker to see if England can get their campaign up and running against Bangladesh Sports Social Podcast Network